What's up, Yens guys? Welcome back to Fishing PA with Ryan Reed. Guys, in this video, we're going to continue on with our video casting, and we've got another special guest for you guys this week. Now, guys, I reached out to this individual a few weeks ago, and I've been really looking forward to this particular conversation and video cast. So in this particular episode, we're going to talk the legend lures, and we're going to have Mr. Brian Boyer on, along with Evan Shoss and Nick Fiesler. Now again, guys, Brian Boyer is a local legend here in the state of Pennsylvania when it comes to musky fishing. Legend Lures is well known all over the country and really all over North America. Guys, Legend Lures is a staple when it comes to musky fishing. And you guys are gonna find Legend Lures in virtually every musky fisherman's boat across the musky range. A lot of top musky guides rely on these tools to catch not only muskies in general, but very, very big muskies. You know, guys, I really do enjoy doing this. I love having guests on like Brian Boyer to talk about his products, to talk about musky fishing. But I also really enjoy having guys on like Evan Shoss and Nick Fiesler, you know, local fishermen that can give you guys the perspective of a local fisherman here in the state of Pennsylvania, also using these products throughout the entire fishing season. So again, I was super pumped about this. I was even more excited because Brian was just on Fat AZ Muskie podcast as well. And I can tell you guys, listening to that this morning while I was working from home, I was just super pumped about this. You know, the chance to kind of highlight legend lures and again, this local humble person in Brian Boyer, you know, it was just super awesome and super exciting for me you know, to bring him onto my YouTube channel and talk fishing. Guys, that's the plan for this episode. We're going to jump in, talk legend lures with the legend himself, and hopefully you guys enjoy this one as much as we did. What is up, Yins guys? All right, tonight, again, we have a few special guests on. We've got Mr. Evan Shoss, we've got Mr. Nick Fiesler, and we've got Mr. Brian Boyer. And tonight, the topic for discussion is going to be legend lures. So, guys, thank you guys very much for uh, for jumping on tonight. Looking forward to talking uh, talking legend lures. So yeah, good to be here. Yeah, I don't know that I don't know that Nick feels the same way. I keep dragging him, keep dragging him into the same with Evan. <laughs> you get to talk to the legend himself, Mr. Boyer. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> all right so basically we have some questions so brian we're gonna spend some time basically drilling you with questions you know i want to hear the story of legend lures so if you guys are good i'm going to get right into these and, and see uh see how we do okay. good? Ready. All, right. all right so the question i've been asking everybody um and this is kind of a two-fold question so the first part of it is when did you start musky fishing? So I'll start, you know, Brian, I'll start with you on this one. Okay, I got started into musky fishing, I would say uh, around 1988. And um, yeah, it, uh, I run into, a, I, well, the story, story of getting into it was I had a, I knew a guy that fished for muskies down at Keystone Lake, which is which is fairly close to where I live. And 
I was walleye. I was walleye fishing for a couple years down there, and I would run into him, and he would show me pictures of uh, muskies. Quite a he had quite a few, like a handful of pictures of you know pretty nice muskies, and he says, "Yeah, you got to give this a try. You got to go out there and try it." You know, and I said, "Well." I said, uh, yeah, one of these years. So then after about two years, I guess, uh, like, like I said, in around 1988, I decided to decide to give it a try. And uh, it's always nice to have someone to take you out. And he was nice enough to jump in a boat with me. And we took a, basically a boat ride around, around the lake, threw some big lures out and gave me some pointers and kind of got me started in the right direction. And and that was that was about it. Uh, after that, I was I went out. Uh, I think the first time I went out and actually left the walleye equipment at home, I uh, I was with a buddy and we actually got a nice muskie on. So that, that was uh, that kind of kind of starts the addiction there. That's uh that's the re that's the reoccurring theme is the word addiction. <laughs> <laughs> Just feel like that's the case for everybody <laughs> it's like you catch one fish and you're just hooked forever i don't yeah. know how do, you, how do you guys feel about that first one i thought I was think... a snag yeah then, then it jumped and it's all over one of those things you never forget that first muskie i feel you know you kind of just it sticks with you you always remember everything about it and and uh down to like you know what you were wearing, <laughs> what lure you were using, and how fast you were going, and you know that's, that's cool things about. Yeah, I mean, so, so that's how you got started. What? So what? Um, I mean, what ultimately led you into wanting to build musky lures? You know, you're you, you're out there fishing, and is this something that you just thought of? You know, while you're out in the boat, or how how did this come about? Legend lures. Well, um, I was, I had, once I got started there, I put a couple, put a couple of pretty nice fish in a boat. I think the, I had gotten like a 49 incher, then I was out the one night and uh, I had got one around like 52. And those are like my first couple of fish. And I was, I was, I was like, the, the guy that got me into it was kind of high on, 10 inch believers and that's kind of what uh that's kind of what i used there at first uh that maybe some grandma some of the some of the regular standbys there there wasn't a lot back then to choose from and there was even less in the less in the stores but uh kind of got the wheels turning i like the i like the size the 10 inch a lot of guys you start getting up to that size they get a little bit spooked uh but i so I guess the wheels started turning that, that winter, which you got a lot of time to think over winter. You, you know, you're sitting around, not much is going on. And, and, uh, I thought to myself, what, wonder if, if I could make myself, I, I definitely can't find anything bigger. I wasn't aware of anything bigger. I couldn't find it in the stores. It was, it was tough finding. I think, I think where I found about the only place I could find any musky lures was uh, Lock Three, Lee Murray. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him or not, but uh, so I, so I said I got I want to for sure try and you try and make a, a bigger or get something bigger to try because I, I was curious to see how how big of a bait they would uh, hit. So I so I decided to, my my 
partner starting up was uh, into taxidermy. We, we were partners for a couple of years and then he dropped off, but uh, kind of got started there and was able to uh, make a 14 inch lure uh, thanks to his help as well, because he had some background in taxidermy with mold molding and stuff like that. So we was able to come up with one and, uh, and it, it did, it worked well, a 14 inch, uh, or, you know, a lot of guys looked at it and laughed, but uh, it definitely worked great. Is that the diver, the legend diver? Right. It was the old style. Though. A lot of guys like to call it the bug eye. I brought one along. There it is. Yep, definitely. Wow. Put that up a little closer to the camera. I, uh, I think I've seen maybe one. Somebody brought one of those to the swap maybe last year just to show off. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before that that's unbelievable. So that was, so that was like the, the original bait that you made was a 14 inch bug eye. Yeah. And you can tell, well, you, I guess you can see it's got a cross. I kind of tried to make a cross between a believer and a grandma. And that's, and I, I kind of like the, I don't know. It's, it's maybe a little comical, but I kind of like the uh, the big eyeballs on it. I figured that's got to give them a little bit of a target to yeah. zone in on this. But uh, yeah, that was it. I I mean, had the two settings on it. Uh, I just uh, it it did it. It worked well. We caught we caught quite a few big fish. The only problem was that uh, I don't think a lot of guys liked it or had confidence in it. Uh, they they just didn't look look like something practical to be fishing with me i i don't know it, uh, but uh, after a few years of you know it, it kind of it it you know i i was making sales going to shows and stuff but it kind of tapered off and i i needed to you know go a different direction then okay all right i mean so i so evan i got a question for you i mean is this I've been thinking about all these baits and, and I don't know. I mean, so what year, Brian, did you come out with that again? Was that? Uh, I started, uh, it was like the, the winter of 89 into 1990 was about the first year he started, started the business and started getting going. Okay. I was just curious. Cause I, I mean, I look at that as a, as a relatively green musky fisherman. Now, you know, I'm looking at some of these baits like that and I just feel like, you know, Evan, we talked about like musky nostalgia and in, in history. You know, that that is a bait that I would I would love to get one and just hang it in my, you know, in my office as as part of history. I mean, that that's the that's the bait that started it all for legend lures and, and Brian. That's a that's a pretty awesome thing right there, you know. That bait time. That was definitely one of those baits. I don't think people were ready for it back then, Brian. You know, I think it was like you said, and, you know, especially from Pennsylvania, you know, where that, I think you, you sold it to me more whenever you said a cross between a believer and a grandma, because I think when you look at it, like you said, and you see the big bug eyes on it and you don't think of, you know, those other lore styles, but, you know, when you said that and you look at it and it's like a minnow bait body, but with the believer head and tail and, uh, you know, when it runs, it, it runs exactly like what you say, too. And, and it's, I, I, I think it's just a, you know, people weren't ready for it whenever you came out with it. And uh, <laughs> it's a pretty cool bait. 
Actually. They look amazing in the water. Yeah, the, the, the shallow set is, uh, I, I just love the, the shallow set. If you've ever run it on the shallow set, it's great. Yeah. That's what my girlfriend was giving me a hard time. We actually, I found those, someone was selling them on Facebook or something. And I think I might've been a little, we kind of worked it in to pick it up. I picked those up the same night. I picked up a new puppy and I might've been more excited about the lures than the puppy. <laughs> Oh, that's that's so hey, Brian. Cool. How many styles make in that that kind of that shape, that body style? Did you make four or five different sizes of that? Yeah, we did. Uh, and the, really, the the reason behind why I got into so many different styles is we were. I mean, first of all, it it was just made to to for personal use, and then we just uh, we we. Just, decided to to maybe take a stab at going to some of the shows and see how it see how it went over and uh so we ended up to go to go to the shows you need some different sizes so we uh, you need some smaller baits to just to carry you through the show to make some sales to make it you know just to, to make it uh cost efficient to be there at the show so i we we got into i believe there was there was a the five and a half uh inch one um, it was the smallest version. Uh, we had the 11 inch, the, the nine inch, and uh, had a the one that was a husky. It was a six inch husky, and those those were the basic sizes of that uh, downscaled. And also, the uh, the one upscale is the uh, the XL 23 incher. <laughs> For, for guys that want to go in go go big time <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Well, I don't I don't know that I've seen one of those yet I still haven't seen one in real life but lots of pictures but never in the wild what no that be pretty Brian. and you you had uh I remember you gave a presentation back at the marine muskie association one of the things you mentioned with the XL was your your uh, hook placement and you found out that you know with the big eyes on that bait that moving the hook to the where was it on the bill is that what it was yeah it's um i think if you if you mess around with uh, the big lure the places i fished at anyways i i can't i can't uh, make a a statement for everywhere but for through my experiences even even that 14 inch lure um even the 14 inch legend, uh, they, they were basically nailing that thing right on the bill or the eye, uh, right in around that big eye. So I actually, the, uh, the XL was made with four hook hangers and I would, what I would do was took and actually put a, uh, put a, uh, hook. I, I have a hanger. There's a, actually a hook hanger right underneath the bill. So I took, took and put two tandem hooks in the uh underneath the bill from there to the first hook hanger i think i had one hook on there that's three hooks nothing else was on the rest of the body but uh but i'll tell you I, I got uh i had hit i had hits on that lure i had one one muskie to the boat i lost it. it was a big one that's another story i could tell you that here later but um but yeah all the all the hooks were concentrated on the front that's where they would hit them even at 14 inch or almost all of them i actually took a uh 
would take a hook off of the uh, the rear of that bait and move it up in around the front just to uh, try and have a little bit better hooking percentage. So that's yeah, it's 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 crazy. But uh, you, if you understand, I've even seen uh, footage of muskies. They'll come up and hit the uh, come up and hit the bait, uh, and I think what they say is they'll hit it to stun it. And then they'll come back around and grab it uh, by the head to, to swallow it. But uh, that's kind of what I've, what I've heard and seen. That's really interesting. And it's neat to hear that from somebody who, you know, has experience on the water, but also has, you know, run the baits and designed the baits for that purpose. And, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I definitely want to hear that story later. I want to hear about that big one. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I have so many questions about like the, the lure lineup or your bait line. I mean, you've made so many different styles of bait. So, you know, what, I guess my question is, are you still making that, that line or have you moved into, you know, other lures like, uh, you know, like the perch baits and the, where are you at right now? Like what baits are you focused on? Um. I do make those whenever someone requests it. Uh, it kind of it's a little bit like pulling teeth because I'm so busy with the other lures that I've got to drag out the old uh, the old molds and try you know and get and and do a few of them. But uh, as of right now, yeah, my my bread and butters the uh, the perch bait, the plow, the outcast, uh, perch bait jointed. That's that's basically what I got focused on. I uh, and and how the I could I guess I could tell I guess uh, this story would fit in here at this time is how I got started with the with the perch bait, um, and that was that was I made that in around like 1995, and that's uh, the other business was slowing down my. I had a partner for two years. He dropped out because it had, it had slowed down pretty good. And I, you know, I pushed onward. I, I uh, wanted to, I'm, I'm, I'm a diehard and I, I just wanted to, to give it all I could. And, and so, so I thought, you know, I took a, whenever I was doing a shows, I took a, I heard a lot of guys talking, you know, and I, and I just felt there wasn't confidence in the, in the, the first lures I'd made, the old style ones. And, and you kind of got, I guess if you're in business, you kind of got to listen to the customer, what the customer tells you. And it, and it seems like they wanted something that looked like a fish. So I had uh, my one buddy was going to a pay lake and they, I asked him, I said, Did, do they have big perch there? I said, Could, is it possible to catch one? You know, you get if you get a nice one, bring it up and bring it bring it to me i'd appreciate it and uh so he he was there and he ended up catching a pretty nice perch and he brought it back to me i i, I took and outlined it and and that's where the uh perch bait started i i molded molded the body there and and went from there but that's yeah that's what i'm basically doing now is the uh the plows the perch baits perch bait jointed and the outcast and 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 a couple of the, the smaller versions but uh it has kept me very busy uh, ever since probably like uh, started really catching on, like probably I would say like 1998, 99, and the rest is history. That's, uh, that's very cool stuff. 
Uh, I have I have a question there too. Um, I'm in, and I don't know if I'm. I'll, I'm just gonna bring it up, and if if we don't want to go down this this rabbit hole, I'll I'll edit it out later. <laughs> but I the the question I have is I wanted to talk about or ask you about the little squirts. And are they, what are these called? The sortie? Is that what that's called? Yeah, it's it's funny how you come up with different names for stuff at the time. Yeah, I, I uh, so I'll, I'll tell you, like these are the first legend lures that I I ever bought, and it was probably might have been my first Muskie Max. Honestly, I was there. I remember buying Grandma's, and and I was ready to go Muskie fishing. But I, I remember being, and I know you, I know at that point you had a booth, but there was, I don't know if it was somebody from Muskie's Inc. that was there that had a batch of these. And I can remember standing at the table and my buddy Dan was like, you want those, you need those, pick those <laughs> up. And I can remember looking at it, like I picked it up and I'm like, man, that is really interesting. You know, looking with the, with the little bulgy eyes and right. look, uh, took that got that bait got those two baits we went up to high point lake and we were going to do some pike fishing end up being more pickerel fishing these days but remember like the first i think it was like the first one of the first five casts i got a fish on on the little squirt and i was like this is my new favorite lure <laughs> I, we took it to canada i caught i think i caught like maybe five it was like five pike and like seven casts and i took it off because I didn't want the pipe to ruin the paint on it. <laughs> My buddy Dan has one exactly like this and it is, there is no paint left on it at all. So I've been not fishing these in, cause I didn't want to ruin them, <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, you know, like what, is this just like a product of, of bait making? Like, you know, Evan, we talked about this recently. Like when you make bait, you just start making, all sorts of baits and trying to fill different, I guess, needs, you know, as far as the tool goes, but like how, like what prompted you to make something, you know, this small versus a, a 23 inch you know, lure. <laughs> like, I'm just curious, like, what was that? Is just a product of the environment or. Yeah. Like I, I stated there before it was, it, that small lure was made to, to basically take to the show and, and sell, you know, we, we would, they're, they do work, you know, and, and we, we tested them and, you know, and did, did some, you know, quite extensive testing with them. But basically what that little guy is, is just a, a filler for going to the show and trying to cover your costs, uh, you know, and that's basically, you know, that's, we never did much advertise any advertising about, and I always looked at the shows as being advertisements. So, but uh, that's basically where that where what that is what that is you know how you can come up and and then as far as the 23 incher um i really did want that bait to make it you know because i i wanted to see how big how big i could you know pull around something and and it's unbelievable you know you get in the right right waters and and you get in in the the uh, the bite is on. It's amazing what they'll do. You know what they'll hit. You know if you get in the right place in the right time with with a big lure like that, it, it's just crazy. You know, and that's what I I made that. That's the one extreme. You know to the other, but uh, that's yeah. That's that's the way 
the way that went. That's really interesting to me. I mean, it's just, oh, man, I want them all. I, I have a, I don't know, I guess I have a problem now when it comes to lures in general. I just want every single model of everyone, especially made in PA. Because I feel, I don't know, I just feel like, you know, growing up here and not realizing like, and again, this is something we just talked about, like not realizing how many just awesome bait makers we've had in Pennsylvania, you know? And I mean, Brian, like your, your baits are being sold all over and used all over the country, you know, by like lots and lots of guys on lots of different water, you know, it's just crazy that we live in this, this area and there's just been so many. Yep. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bait makers from Elwood city. Uh, there's, I don't know if you've ever heard of like Jimmy's lures. Uh, they was around and actually he made a pretty good bait. I, I knew a lot of guys that caught fish, you know, but, uh, he just, that's just how it goes. You have some that come up and I guess either he wasn't making enough money at it or didn't want to do it anymore or whatever. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of good bait bait makers that come right from that area in Elliott city or Elwood city. Yeah. You know. I thought, I think the coolest thing with legends is I spent quite a bit of time up on Georgia Bay. It's actually where my girlfriend's from and everyone you meet up there that fishes it's there, you know, all you need is a perch bait. That's what <laughs> that's, that'll get it done. And the, you know I mean? What everybody says is one of the most challenging spots in the, the fish, but that's, that's, that's always music to the ears whenever yeah. I hear that. Actually, actually uh, the first time I ever made it up to Georgian Bay, I think it was back in the, the early 90s. And I walk into the tackle shop and there's one of my 14 inchers hanging up on the wall. It's, you know, I didn't, <laughs> didn't even sell it to him. It was a strawberry somewhere. He had got it and threw it up there. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. They beat you there. <laughs> So I have a question for Nick and for Evan, because, you know, I, like I said, I've, this is the first year I'm going to run the perch bait, you know, a lot. I mean, I, I've never really owned a perch bait until this year. You know, I think Brian, I talked to you, I think it was a couple months ago and I think I picked one up on TRO, you know, and I, I, I've just always heard so much about these baits and, you know, I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just never, we just never hooked up and I never was able to get any of them. So I'm super excited, but, but Nick and Evan, like how long have you guys have been running, you know, legend lures? Like Evan, you want to go first? Is that a, is that an okay sure. question to ask? Yeah. So, I mean, I've, uh, I don't know. I'm, I met Brian years ago, probably like you said, back at one of the musky max shows or something like that. And, um, you know, probably around the time that I started musky fishing. So probably, maybe 2006 2007 um had picked up you know one of howard's functions or something like that picked up a, a perch bait a fire tiger perch bait and was you know running it up at time tuning and you know caught a fish that was uh i don't know maybe 35 inches or something like that but you know like you said knew there that it filled the void for exactly what we were going to need to do in the future and uh um you know, can remember a time up at Chautauqua, we caught a fish that was absolutely, you know, just super fat, uh, like thought for sure it was like 48 plus and got it in the boat and measured it and it was like 45 inches. We're like, what the heck? 
Uh, but it was, you know, it's just another perch bait beauty. Um, so yeah, we've, we've run them in every color, pretty much every style, uh, the outcast, the perch baits, the, the plows and some special stuff that you make. So, um, you know, it's always been a staple and, and I think they should be in everybody's boat. So thank you. That was well said. Nick, how about you? Uh, more, more recent convert. I didn't really know what I was doing for musky fishing until just probably four years ago. And then uh, I was fortunate enough to link up with Andy from Fat AZ. And he uh, gave me an assortment of musky baits after I told him I was just catching fish on Rapala's. And he said, these are what you need to run. He gave me a, a baby perch bait. And uh, that was just like the coolest looking bait I'd ever seen. And then worked on, I picked up here and there all over the place. And then uh, this summer we really uh, used them a lot getting, you know, fishing down towards like the thermocline on some of the, the local lakes and really being able to get, get the depth that, that you needed to target some more dynamic uh, fish. I was pretty pleased we got one on a, uh, a plow this year. That was my first right. plow fish. It's a monster 36 incher. That's amazing to me. <laughs> I mean, it that will never cease to amaze me. Yeah, eager. And then we caught a couple anchor ropes after that, just to get get the ex excitement up. Those are all right as long as there's a bunch of lures hooked to it. I've actually got some got a couple of perch baits back on not not to mention some other lures whenever i pulled up a few anchors before we got one lure and then two anchors and we caught one rod too rod with a a tough shad just went through the split ring on a tough shad the hooks had rotted off <laughs> i picked up the I whole rod i was up at buffalo harbor fishing this quite a few years ago but uh I, I snagged into something. I thought it was a fish because usually whenever you get those ropes like that, it just starts, starts to creak, you know, and then all of a sudden going faster and you said, Oh boy. And then all of a sudden, you know, then, then, you know, it's a snag, but I, I, I went back and, uh, and put my lure knocker down and was able to break the, the, the anchor free. And I think I brought up, a, there was a, like a hooker bait, a high fin. Uh, I think it was like uh, two perch baits and, and a grandma or something like that. You know, it was like <laughs> like Christmas, you know. <laughs> and they were all pretty good shape too, because the guys, you know, it was in musky trolling season, and and they had evidently just snagged somebody had probably just dropped that anchor, and everybody had been snagging on it. <laughs> you brought home the uh, the one that got away for all those other guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> Evan, you ever had that happen to you, anchors? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's probably about the same place where Nick was too. So, the notorious anchor graveyard there, where people must throw a an anchor rope that's always three foot shorter than whatever the depth of the lake is, and yep. notorious just come up there and and uh, every year somebody catches one. And yeah, I got a combo two anchors on one rope, and you know, forty pounds of uh, fish fighting fun right it makes you think you got one but you end up it's tying it off to the boat taking a break and all that fun stuff yes yeah, sometimes you get the smaller time. collapsible ones that feel like they're fighting 
Yep, dragging on the bottom or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm the guy that's yelling fish for every snag. I'm like fish, fish. No, no. <laughs> maybe, maybe it might be no. Oh, I mean, so my next question, along we talked about the baits. You know, one of the big things I think for guys in particular is color. And I don't know. I'm still kind of feeling my way through color and different different scenarios uh but my question is and this is going to be for everybody because i'm i am curious you know i've got to make my my ryan read notes for my my notebook and get all the information i can so i can catch some fish this year but what uh as far as color goes what are your favorite colors you know color patterns um maybe like as far as painting like how do you come up with these patterns i mean it seems like you know, some of the colors are pretty standard and then I'll see one, I'll see one on your Facebook page and I'm like, whoa, you know, where, how did he come up with that? So I guess it's kind of a twofold question. Like, how do you, how do you come up with paint patterns and then what are your favorite colors? Um, uh, the, the paint patterns, uh, a good, a good bit of them were standard colors out there available at the time. So, um, uh, you take like black perch. I don't know who came up with that. I, I know that was on grandma's. I'm not sure where it, where it originated at, but there, and, and then uh, there were, you know, I guess I came up with my own variation of a perch color. Uh, walleye was just something a little bit different. I guess it doesn't even, if you think about it, it's not even really that close to a, a real walleye, but that's just a color that the, just what it was called but um yeah it's just uh different colors that i came up with i know whenever some of the some of the guys like some of the catalogs or uh like at the time probably when i started selling those uh raleigh and helens was carrying some of them and uh they would ask for you know some different colors like something in this something in that so that's that's how i came up with them and then there's other one you know some of them was just personal colors that i you know that i wanted to have so i made a pattern up in that but uh and i think you use asking what some of my favorite colors was um can never overlook the perch the bur perch you can take just about anywhere and i i think uh i think i've seen it uh said it it's like number two color if not number one number one in muskie's ink all-time catches or whatever um i was thinking black was first but i'm not sure but uh so so the perch and um i've done i've done pretty good over over the years with the walleye color and and sucker's been a sucker pattern's been pretty good for me also i i've taken that quite a few places and and caught fish on it but that's that's a few of my favorite colors okay we talk uh we talked about the the 25 variations of perch these days <laughs> uh i i don't know i like so you would consider this more of a natural or is this more of like a michigan perch that's that's the michigan yeah yeah it, well it's it's that's that's pretty natural too though it's just yeah. just the black head makes it different yeah okay so evan you know colors i mean <laughs> to ask you this question because i've seen your paint jobs too <laughs> what's the 
But what's your, uh, you know, favorite colors? What are your favorite colors? It doesn't have to be legend, but favorite colors in general. I think locally for the color, you know, for the lakes that we fish and things like that around here, like it, it's one of those things where bright colors seem to work well because of the murkiness of the water, whether it's, you know, in the spring with the, the brown water from some of the, the creeks coming in or uh, the, the summer with um, you know, like some algae blooms or stuff like that. But we've always done well on like the orange tiger um, perch baits, fire tiger perch bait, you know, and, um, and just some of those brighter colors. Um, and then, you know, the, the red bar perch has always been a good color, especially with those algae blooms and things like that. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where, like Brian said, you can't deny the fact that black and perch seem to be the top two colors on a musky ink list. And, and those are always, you know, go-tos for. Uh, pretty much everything that I picked too. So I'm lacking. I might I might have to get another one or two or three. Um, I need a fire tiger. I just feel like that might be the missing piece to my my legend puzzle for this year. I don't know. <laughs> That'll solve all your bait demands. Somebody needs to save me from myself, <laughs> honestly. Either that or my wife's gonna end up killing me at some point. You're not gonna hear from me anymore <laughs> like three weeks. All, all musky fishermen are collectors by nature. <laughs> yep. That's what I was excited. I thought I was going to get get a chance to find some lures. I went and walked Woodcock Monday and not a single lure left. Wow. Thought That's there'd surprising. be something. That is very surprising you didn't find anything. Yeah. One fishing rod. <laughs> Somebody's old reel. Nick, what's your? I gotta ask you, what's your favorite colors? Um, I do really like the the walleye color as well, and then that natural perch that you pulled up was one that we did really well on this summer. That was the that was our thermocline hunter this summer, in a in a normal nine inch uh, perch bait. So there was a day that I was out with Evan and Charlie, and I I'm. I'm pretty sure this it was this bait. Evan, you can tell me if I'm wrong because there's a chance I could be. But I, I bought this color because of that day. And it's that blue shad color. I, uh, I'm just curious because like I think I feel like shad patterns in general are just good in like around our area. You know, the shad lakes. I hear all the time Ohio lakes, shad, you know, but these I mean, this is just a. I like blue too, for some reason, just the cold water aspect of it too. I don't know if there's anything to that, but I've, I read an article and I know my buddy Dan has told me about this. Like I think it was a musky hunter article years back. They talked about the color blue and cold water and just, there's something about blue and I don't remember what it was or if there's a specific reason. I just remember blue and cold water, but I love, I just love the paint jobs, you know, and it's, I don't know. I think it goes back to one of those things. Like you hear it all the time. Like guys say, you know, color is more for the fishermen, but you're ultimately not going to fish a bait unless you're confident in that color. Right. Like that's what I keep hearing and what I'm learning, you know? So I, I think color is important to have favorites because those are your, those are your core baits you're going to run and have confidence in. Yeah, totally. 
Yep. At that point, you got to have confidence in what you're doing for sure. Yeah. So that the blue, the blue shed. I have a. I had a little story. Um, there was a. That was a pretty good color, evidently, for West Branch, Ohio. There was a. There was a guy one time that told me the story that there was, that a that there was a giant muskie found out there floating i don't i don't know what you know what the size would have been but it was it was very large and the story had it that it, that it was uh it was found with a plow in it in its mouth and uh, and and the, the plow evidently it, it had been caught broke the line and got away and then found later dead but that that was the color was the blue shad and i've had i've had a few people wanting that color just because of just because of hearing that before <laughs> i find it interesting how well the shad colors work on lakes that don't have shad in them. <laughs> <laughs> definitely the, the silver the silver you get into some of the clearer water it's definitely the, uh, the the flash that comes off the off the silver that uh that works well so one question I forgot to ask was, you know, with your, say with the perch baits, I mean, any, any of the baits you're making, you know, the plows too. I mean, what, do you have any like situational scenarios where you would go to, you know, go to these baits more often than not? Like, would you say like, there's a certain time throughout the year, like that you're really running one bait harder than another, if that's, um, if that's fair. As like, uh, like the perch bait, as opposed to plow, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or even the outcasts mm -hmm. or any of the... Yeah, there's certain times. I guess I tend to stay a little bit smaller, a little, you know, maybe the first, like, June, May, June. And then I then I do like to, you know, as soon as the water's warmed up, I'm, I'm good with going with uh, bigger baits. I've always, I've always liked big baits. I don't know. It's just me. I, I just uh, always felt better having a big bait on the rod but uh yeah that's uh situational and then you know i i can't really think of where i would uh if i want to go real shallow i guess i'll go with the uh with the outcast uh uh the being that they're deep divers they're they are pretty versatile i've always i've always liked that about the, the deeper divers is where you can if you want to run, you can always run them short, uh, short and high, or else you can throw them on a board with a few feet of line and get, you know get them not too far under the surface. And you've always got the option of going deep with them. So, but uh, that's about a, about the best I can answer that question for you, I guess. Yeah, I think that's good, Evan. You know, do you feel you know are you in the same? Are you running? You know, you're running yours throughout the year, or how how are you running yours? I'd say it's the same kind of deal. I mean, most of the time, whenever I'm running them, I'm running them when um, it, it's later in the season when we're marking big schools of bait fish and stuff like that. And I know, you know, I'm, I'm generally running them for the depth and getting them down to where, you know, that's the one thing that I'll have to say about it. And I think the reason why they're so popular where they are is that you can, you can duplicate your depth constantly. And you know? I mean, from one and one, one perch bait to the next um whether it's you know you want to get eight foot down you know if you pick up one or you pick up another one you're going to put it back you know 
30 foot or 32 foot or something like that. And you know, you're going to get your depth out of it. And um, it's one of those things where I feel like having that ability to, you know, between whichever color you want to run, knowing exactly what depth you want to put it at makes it, makes it so effective. And, uh, and that's when we generally run it when, you know, you want to run 12 foot down or 15 foot down or, you know, even in the summer. So, um, but I had a question for Brian and I don't know if you wanted to answer it or not, but about the jointed baits, like if there's a particular time that you run a jointed bait over a straight bait. I do like jointed baits. Um, I've seen certain places where they've worked better for me at times than I've been in like dirtier water. Um, it seems like, I don't know whether just the movement or the clanging around, uh, it's, it's maybe brings them in a little bit better, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's different times that jointed bait, uh, has worked worked for me well uh I, that's that's one instance i can think of uh i'm not sure if i can think of any i can't i'm not i'm not coming up with anything right off the top of my head here right now yeah i mean that that definitely answers it though i mean that's one one situational you know thing that i, I probably wouldn't have thought of i mean i don't i don't have the experience you guys have but the the forethought to say you know the extra clanging around with the jointed baits and dirty water i mean that's to me, that's a good tip because I think a lot of new musky anglers would pro probably miss that. I don't know if that's fair. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, where were we at, Nick? I wanted to go to you. When do you run? When do you run your legends? Uh, all the time. I usually run the outcast a lot in the spring. And then uh, like a lot of I like them behind boards. Caught my largest largemouth on an outcast last year, 20-incher. Nice. But, uh, yeah, uh, outcast early and then perch baits once the water warms up all over the place. I feel like I needed, I needed, uh, I needed a tool for the north end of Chautauqua. That's the tool. I, I feel like... I solved that particular problem in my mind with, with the perch baits. I would love, I think that's going to be my next, my next conversation with Brian at some point is where I gotta, I gotta talk, I gotta get some information on the plow. I want to get, I want to get a couple big boys and run them in the fall, but I mean, I'll run them in the spring. Who knows? Joel, Joel mentioned something to me that guys run bigger baits, you know, in the spring, but I don't know. Just run them. Can't catch right. anything. <laughs> All right. So we talked a lot about the baits, the colors. So I guess my next question, unless you guys have, do you guys have any questions for Brian that's on your mind right now? Can I ask one about, uh, I've seen some different perch baits with like different lips and some with like bent lips and lar long lips. Could you talk about some of those variations? What, what drove those yeah i i i had uh the perch bait i've i've made the uh the extra deep which is uh like sort of like a long a bomber lip uh and then i had the extreme and that that lip there that was 
that'll really go down deep and it's really a handful in the rod. It, it actually, I think it pulls harder than what the plow does. So I've actually had it, uh, some, some, uh, a raw, a couple, one rod I had with the metal furls on the end, it would actually saw that line off <laughs> after you run it long enough. It would, it, the line, I'd, I'd run the tiger right now. I actually had it saw off a couple of times on me until I figured mm -hmm. out what was going on. I needed to run it on a plastic pearl. But um, those were, those will get you down a little bit deeper. The extreme's going to get uh, the, the extra deep will get you down a few more feet. The extremes, it's going to go pretty, it's a pretty steep dive curve on it uh then um then the join in uh the the bent lips was just something to get a little bit trying something with a little bit different action out of it and i mean i don't sell a lot of them it's just whenever somebody might want one at some time and you know it's just something that i've had out there that I might have taken to the show or they or sold it to somebody and other, other people had seen it and asked about it or wanted to get wanted to get one. That's what I had seen him from uh, Jojo. I can't pronounce his last name from up in Buffalo there from the Niagara Muskie Association. Yeah. Yeah. Will yeah I, I know exactly who you're talking about. But he he showed me a few of the the different variations that you've made over the time over. And yeah. And, it, and they've, they've got different actions too. Uh, I can think of times when I've run like, even like that extreme, I wasn't catching anything on anything else of my, of my, my lures. And I put that extreme out and, you know, wham, I caught a couple of muskies on it. So it was just the difference in actions that, uh, when when the other style wasn't working, uh, that came in and rest, you know, came to the rescue. Yeah, a little different presentation. Exactly. Evan, do you have any other questions? I think, I think one of the things that I wanted to ask Brian, you'd brought up about walking into that bait shop up there in Georgian Bay or wherever that was in Canada and, and seeing the bait. Um, if there's, you know, like what the the craziest messages that you've got from somebody because i've seen people looking for some of the other stuff the legend sunnies and things like that and you know if you where's the weirdest thing that you've heard from somebody from looking for for a perch bait or you know any any legend stuff i've had uh i used to have a i used to have a guy that would come to the show and and he would he would grab some of those sunnies and a few of the other ones and he was taking them saltwater fishing and he ended up sending me a couple back. They were just all like chewed up like crazy. It was, <laughs> it was funny. And he sent me pictures of you know all these wild looking saltwater fish with teeth hanging out everywhere, you know. But uh, yeah, that was that was some I yeah, I can't think of too much else. Um I've had guys, I've had actually had guys using that claw for like a downrigger or, you know, oh, wow. running, running a walleye bait off the back of it. <laughs> I guess that kind of fits maybe what you were asking. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, a, that's an awesome question. It's an even better answer. Yeah. Oh, that's the kind of, that's so cool to me though. Like, I mean, you can take these saltwater fishing 
and catch i would imagine like mul- like more than just multi-species like there's got to be like tons and tons of species of fish that just would eat these things and i i don't know i mean have you ever seen like have you ever gotten a picture like somebody send you a picture of just like i don't know like a like an 11 foot bull shark on one <laughs> just you know just like random crazy stuff like that that would be so amazing to me i don't i don't, I don't know if i had any bull sharks <laughs> <laughs> but there yeah there's some crazy other things that i've had pictures of yeah that's uh that's cool stuff though so i want to get into some stories a little bit and i think this is uh so i definitely want to hear that the big fish story you mentioned earlier but my question is as far as, I mean, and looking at how much experience you guys have, you know, Brian in particular, like what, would you have any like particular, maybe favorite memories of just fishing with your baits, like any particular fish standout or just anything crazy happen, you know, while, while fishing a legend lore? Let's see. I've had, uh, like the, the XL, I, 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 that story there I was going to talk about that I, uh, I was trolling, trolling and I had a, I had a small bait out. So the, the fish, act, the muskie actually had an option of a nine inch or 23 inch, the XL. And the, he took the, he took the 23 inch and this was the first time I ever had a strike on. And I just looked at the rod in disbelief when I seen it sound off. And I just said, this, is this really happening? <laughs> is, you know, because it, because that's what that bait was made for, just to find out if something would hit something that big. And so, uh, so I got it. I was by myself, which which was a problem. And I uh, I got the other rod in, and and then I brought I got the fish. He stayed down for a while, and then I was able to bring him both side. And just as I was getting ready to net him, he he uh, took and threw his head back and forth and all that weight of that big plug, it just on, just uh, either ripped that hook out and, and he was gone. (laughs) And it, it was probably one, it was probably one of the bigger fish. I guess the big ones always get away, but uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was one of the bigger fish I ever had on. And, uh, and it was the 23 incher that, that, that he hit. It was, that was, crazy it told me something that they you know that that, that they would hit them so is that in pennsylvania yeah it was in pennsylvania yep that's awesome um i i've had some other um i've had uh let's see the this this was a pretty good when i was whenever i first got into musky trolling um and i was fishing after dark and I was just putting along, you know, I was probably like, I don't know, like two mile an hour. And, and I'm, I'm driving along. I start getting close to shore and the boat kept on wanting to turn into shore. And I'm thinking I have, I had a tiller back then and I'm, I keep on turning the tiller more and more. Pretty soon I can't turn it anymore. And it's still wanting to nose into the shore. I'm going to run into shore. And I'm thinking, what, what in the world's going on? I happened, I looked over. And my rods just bent, bent over, you know, it was like the old uh, pool cue rods that, and it, it was bent over and uh, evidently the drag was just a little bit too tight 
and and it was pulling that boat over. It, it was crazy. I it was like I was for a while. I thought I was in a twilight zone. I was thinking, why is this boat not going straight? You know, <laughs> but uh, but that's what it was. It was a pretty nice fish though. But uh, that was that's always been a you know. I, I never forgot about that. That was always a good story, I guess. That's a good one. I'm, I'm probably not allowed to drive the boat at night. <laughs> Anybody's boat. <laughs> oh, I mean, so what about you guys? What, Evan, Nick, do you guys have any stories you want to share with Legend? I guess my best one would have to be that, that fish on the plow this year. You know, on a down rod, just had it like 20 foot back and went off. And I was convinced it was going to be, you know, the monster. And it was a, a 36 inch muskie. Just, you know, you know, the bait was almost half as long as it with the lip and everything. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I just... I don't know, man. That's that's the thing. Every time the rod goes off, I just feel like I never know, you know. And and, and I know that you can you get to a point probably where you can tell when the reel goes off, you know. Like the couple big ones that I've been a part of, you could hear the difference in the in the clicker in the reel. But I don't know. When I hear it, I I go, you know, I, I just lose it every single time, regardless. <laughs> just think it's the it's the one. But Evan, what the? Do you have any stories? I don't think I have any stories per se, but I think uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was Brian and uh, some of the the, um, those Moraine Muskie Association meetings. And I think one of those early meetings you had presented at, and you showed some old videos that you had. Did you film back then with a, a camcorder? Is that how you guys did it? Yeah, we did. And, and one of the, it's funny you bring that up. Uh, we, we, uh, my, my one buddy would had the, had the camera and they were just, uh, if you remember, but I guess, I don't know, but anyways, they, they were just starting to come out and get a little popular then. Uh, the, they were the big ones that you would set on your shoulder and, and film and we ended up getting a, I ended up getting one then like a year later because they did they were very they were really nice for getting uh getting some fish on on tape and uh something that ties in with that is is um we we took that down to the uh I don't know if you guys remember the if you're familiar with the the Monroeville show the Monroeville Monroeville Expo Muskie Expo, or it wasn't a Muskie Expo, it was just a fishing show in general, but, it would, but um, we took that down there, and we had a bunch of footage, and we took it to the booth when we were selling the lures, and it was, it was uh, you want to talk about the word showstopper, this was a, probably about the closest thing you would come to a, clo a showstopper, because we, we was running out, and it would, I know the one segment to where the, the guy's catching this catching that it was about a 40 pound fit 40 pound muskie uh and these people had never seen these, nobody i don't think anybody was had videos at any of these shows it, this was just entirely something new and and the people that were walking by just uh 
just stopped. I mean, stopped in her tracks and, and, and it basically, you know, when it's that busy, that many people in there running around it, it locked up the show. It, it was, it was, it was just crazy. Uh, but nobody had seen it bef before. And I know we went out to the Chicago show that the same year and, and it was about the same deal there. You just had guys that would just, just stand and stand watching it. And I'm, I'm sure I seen a, I seen a few bigger names out there uh, standing watching, and uh, you could just see the wheels turning in their head. You know, nobody, nobody was doing it uh, till, till, till basically after we took some of them, some of them to the shows. You know, that's awesome. That is awesome. That's another great question from Evan too. I, I mean, that's I, I had no idea. Like, just to, to put that into perspective, you know, like. I take my GoPro out and strap it to my chest and it just sits right there, you know, and to think about, you know, a camcorder on your, on your shoulder and, and doing it. And I, you know, I feel like I struggle with a little camera here, you know, at times, I, I think that's really interesting. You know, you guys were doing that at the shows and taking that video. I would have, I would have probably stopped there and just watched. I would have been in that line clogging up the, See, Ryan, you left the hardest part out too. They were catching giant muskies. These were, it's like Brian said, I mean, there's like 40 pounders. It wasn't like you're watching a video and you're seeing somebody hold up a 35 inch PA fish. You know, it was like there, it was nighttime, first off. A lot of these fish were, you know, after dark. And like once the camera was on them and you saw that fish, it was just like, holy crap. <laughs> they were giant. Yeah, that's. I can't, I can't even fathom a 40 pound fish. I, my staples like 30 to 34 inches. That's what I'm capable of right now. <laughs> oh, I got to ask too, going back to the story you told, you know, about that fish on that, that bigger bait, you know, like the, do you, I'm, I'm assuming you, Brian, you remember the first fish you caught on one of your lures, right? Like that, can you walk me through, like, what is that, what did that feel like, you know, for you building a bait and then ultimately catching that first fish? That's, uh, yeah, it really is a good, uh, rewarding feeling whenever, yeah, getting that fish, you know, catching a fish on it. It's just, uh, you, you did something and you fooled the fish into eating it. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it was a forgery that he, that he, you know, took and probably the next best thing to that is when someone else you know would buy that buy one of your lures and catch a fish on it that was prob probably just as rewarding i guess i would think uh but uh, definitely two ultimate highs in you know whenever as a lure maker for sure yeah i mean that's really cool that's just cool to think about you know, these baits aren't, aren't easy to make, you know, especially with, with what you're doing, you know, on these. And I couldn't, I couldn't fathom what it, you know, what it really takes to build a bait like this and, and produce it and, and see it being used all over the country and just seeing pictures of fish and just mangled, scratched up perch baits. I mean, it's just such, it's just so cool to me that this is, and it, I mean, a lot of guys that, haven't gotten into musky fishing or just getting started. I mean, these are all the things that, you know, for me, the more I learn, I think I have a higher appreciation for, 
for stuff like that, you know, seeing a bait that's just completely chewed on, you know, it just, I don't know. It's, it's different now, you know, after a couple of years, it's just different seeing that stuff. Like you get so much more, I think, respect for just everything, the time and effort that goes into this stuff and, and ultimately seeing that, you know, that, that, that piece that that show stopping piece and hanging in somebody's office i don't know it's just cool stuff it's definitely oh. so cool to, to look at the lunge log and see you know search the perch baits and see what you know i mean the giant fish that they've caught all over the place and it's awesome yeah there was a, there was a lot of trial and error and i'm sure you know evans went through that too is there's a lot of trial and error and and you know making to get to the point where you, you know, uh, as far as yeah, even paint or the, or the urethane, um, I'm sure he can attest to that also. There's just, there's just so many, so many variables, lots of times that, uh, but, uh, over time, I, I guess, you know, you overcome it. Uh, there's still some things that plague you every once in a while, but it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely, you know, you got to stay on your toes with some of this stuff because you, if you, if you're not watching over carefully, you, you can put quite a few lures out and have, you know, be, you have to fix every one of them, you know. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, Brian, you mentioned that before about you know being a diehard and going all in on it, and you know, whenever you guys had those tough times and sticking with it, it's like being the captain of the ship. You know, you're gonna go down on that ship if you have to. Uh, it's one of those things where, you know, even whenever I started, so I'm sure when you started, there wasn't a whole lot of information out there. Like you weren't going online and doing a Google search on how to build a crankbait and you kind of, you know, you came up with anything and, you know, and I think that's where, you know, the trial and error part came into it. And Ryan and I had this talk before, but until you figure out what works for you, you know, I mean, you can go out there and read a hundred different ways to do something and, and until you're comfortable doing it, whichever way you're, you know, you do it, then uh, that's the only way that you're going to be able to do it, you know, and, and be confident in that you're doing it for sure the right way. So I think a lot of it is just trying to learn that procedure and how, how your process works the best. And, and once you figure that out, then you just move forward with it. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, this is the day of the information now that you can get through the internet and that back then uh, it's like you just basically had to start making phone calls and on top of phone calls you know you get a lead off of one guy to tell you where you know where you might be able to find this and yeah it, it was it was definitely a different world today i mean you everything you everything you basically want to know or look for is right at your fingertip it's it's sort of like where the fishings went as well. It's like you could, back then, I, I think I was using a flasher when I started musky fishing. And, and then they, you know, I think the only other option was a graph. Uh, I didn't, I don't think they had line counters yet. Uh, but boy, what a, what an advancement whenever they come out with the, um, the Navionics where you could actually see yourself moving on a map. Uh, that was just, uh, you know, I, other before that, I, I can just remember I was in, you know, maybe just for instance, up to Georgian Bay, you're driving with one hand, looking at the map, 
you know, holding a map and they're trying to figure out which islands, which, and, and it was just, <laughs> what a, what a, what a big, what a big difference. Good luck. I mean, Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like with, with the Navionics and that, you're just like a pro, like you've been fishing all your life. Georgian Bay where every island looks exactly the same and you're looking at that map trying to figure out which one you're behind. Yeah, it's tough. I think um, I think I'll just say I'll I'll just say that I take this for granted all the time. You know, I I, I do technology for a living, and I've always been around technology. You know, I mean, the last I don't even know. It's just I think it's something I take for granted because, you know, I I I was I was alive pre-internet. You know, but dial-up was was probably you know i mean it, my point is like the internet's always been around for me it seems like and when you go back and you think about how technology's changed fishing to this point like it's crazy like i can't even i can't even think about what you know just jumping in a boat and, and going you know and, and not you know <laughs> not having some of these tools available you know it's just I don't know. I mean, that might even make, you know, the, the bigger fish you guys caught, you know, even more impressive, you know, at times, you know, I, I don't know if it's, if it does or not, but it, to me, it seems like it does, you know, being able to navigate and, and, and catch these fish, like with, you even said like without line counters at, at times, you know, it's just insane to me. It's how far we've come. What we talked a little bit about, you know, the fish, like some of these, these memories and stories you had, Brian, you know, what, what would you consider your best day on the water, you know, with, with a legend lore? Is that, and do you have like any story or any, you know, specific day that would stand out? Um, yeah, I, I would have to say it was, I was with my father fishing i we were fishing we were we were fishing on um it was kenzu um and we we had our day we caught we caught two two fish two big ones and close to in a little over 40 pounds and he caught one i caught one and then we got a uh one at a little over 30 pounds to boot so it was like that was that was one of the best uh best days i ever had and i experienced it with my father so that was that was that's got to be one of my best times i was ever out yeah yeah that's, that's awesome good. yeah that is especially awesome. on kenzu that's a can be a defeating lake it was a it was a little bit a little bit better back in those days for a while till it till it fell flat on its face, but uh, definitely yeah, it was definitely a different place back then. That's for sure. Did there seem to be less pike back then, or Just... uh, no? We would we was catching pike back then as well. Yep. All right, that uh, that's a good. Man, I, I always think about these stories with family. You know, it seems like those those are like the special moments you have on the water. I mean, there's so many memories you can make fishing, but those are the ones that seems like we all remember and, and hold on to. You know, you have a good day like that with your dad. And, you know, some of my best memories fishing were with my dad. Days that we never even caught any fish, maybe just found like a 
good log to sit on, you know, like it, it's, and it's, it's good. My next question, you know, I, I really wanted to ask you this initially and I kind of just forgot, but legend lures, you know, I, I hear legend. I immediately think of you in these baits, but just out of curiosity, is there any like story behind the name did you guys, how did you come up with Legend Lures? Were you thinking anything in particular? Well, it's, no, I, I guess it's like whenever you start trying to figure out what kind of, what kind of name you want to name a company or anything, it's like you're sitting there and you're just running all kinds of, I can, I can still remember, you know, tossing it back and forth, uh, saying, how about, you know, the you know, this name or that name, you know, and, and it's like, I don't know, for, just for some reason, I guess we decided just to, to go with Legend Lures. Uh, yeah, it's like I said, you start, you start going, actually, it's got to the point where you open up a dictionary and start going down through, looking at all different kinds of, you know, well, maybe this would work, maybe this, you know, a carnivore or something, you know, all kinds. <laughs> all kinds of different names and yeah, we just settled on that. I, I don't know if it was a good name or not. I, I thought maybe whenever my partner was in it with me for a couple of years, you know, he, he dropped out probably in around like 92 or 93. And I thought of maybe just uh, changing the name to, you know, to Boyer Bates or something like that, you know, but I, I just never did. I, I held, I, I figured it was, it was already started in there. And uh, that's basically, basically where it came from. They've definitely lived up to the name. Thanks. That's, that's good to hear. <laughs> it's, there's a, there's a high line there. I know, <laughs> I know whenever uh, we, we, so one of the newspaper, local newspapers wrote a story that one time and it, and it said the um, the the fort or the the lure was duped the duped into the name legend or whatever. I didn't like. I guess duped means fooled. I, I don't know if I exactly thought that was a good statement to hear or not. But uh, I, it's like you said. Yeah, it's it's got a it's a name you got to live up to. I mean, I'd I'd say based off of what I know, it's it's you've definitely lived up to it and probably surpassed that by leaps and bounds. I mean, it, uh, like I said, I, I mean, I, I've done a lot of research, you know, reading and stuff, trying to get into the sport of muskie fishing and, you know, Nick brought it up with the lunge log. Evan's talked about, you know, the history of things and in general, I mean, I, I just, it's crazy to me, like how widespread, you know, legend lures are, you know, and I mean, even you know, I always think, I don't know why I think this, but I always, I always felt like you have like the Canadian shield lakes and then you've got like the Midwest lakes and you've got like these different regions. And I just felt like initially they were all different, you know, clear water, you know, reservoirs, natural lakes, all that stuff. But it just seems like guys are running these baits everywhere in Canada, the U S like, I don't know, man. It's to me, based off of what I know, I would say a hundred percent lived up to the, to the legend lore's name. But uh, I mean, I was just, I was just curious, you know, and it's, it's funny about what you said about the dictionary. Cause I feel like 
<laughs> you could just do, you could sit there and spend so much time trying to figure that out. Especially now, it seems like every day you see a different bait company pop up, all sorts of names, but no replacement for the legend. No, I, I would say you know back when I got started in, it was I would I would have to think that it was a lot easier back then getting started in. For one thing. These days, there's just about every shape uh, of a lure possible is being made. I think it'd be be really, really tough to get your your foot in a door. I know my hat's off to Evan. He's he's come a long ways just uh, in the time he's been messing with lures. But I, I would hate to have to, you know, try and try and get a hold in this market. Uh, nowadays just trying to get started into it, it that would yeah, i think it would be a lot, lot tougher now than whenever i i started getting into it yeah i mean i think that's a pretty valid point though you know and like you know evan you're doing stuff you know with the meatball line and you know even the flat baits and stuff i mean i don't really i don't know that i've seen anything that from a muscular standpoint that looks like a meatball you know I, i've seen yeah. something that, yeah, like, I mean, it's, <laughs> go ahead. I can't. That was just one of those things, you know, I was sitting in a boat with a guy one time and, and I made a lure and it was, it was smaller than the meatball and he's like, why don't you make something like this but fatter? And I did and, you know, and I was caught some fish on it and another time, another, you know, year later sitting in the boat and, you know, the local guy that we probably all fished with too, you know, looked at the thing and said, man, that looks like a meatball. Like, Oh geez, it does look like meat. And it's just how things get born, you know? And uh, it's like Brian said, there's just so many things out there that are similar. And I think guys, you know, start making baits and, and want to do something like other people just to get that comfort factor and, you know, know that confidence, okay, I can make something and it works, but you know, the guys that really do, in my opinion, the guys that make it make something unique and have something that, you know, stands out from the rest of that. And, um, in these days and age with everybody, you know, making similar styles that, you know, right now it's just the paint that stands out mostly. So, um, having something that's different and unique is, is, you know, one of those things that I feel is, is an advantage for people. And, um, you know, you got to start somewhere. So we've all tried it from the beginning and, and trial and error gets you to that point. I feel so there's no better way in my opinion. I, uh, I am curious though, Brian, are you, are you, uh, are you still making that, that 23 inch and is there any plans for uh, a, an even bigger lure? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I'm not going any larger. Um, I, yeah, I do make some. I usually end up making a couple a year. I know I, I had a, I have, I think, one on order here. It's like whenever whenever I can get to it, those, you know, those those ones there, I hold off till I, till I can make a little bit of a run at them. But, uh, yeah, that's about as, I don't think I'd want to go any bigger than that. That's that's pretty big. I, I mean, I played around with it more whenever I was, uh, in my earlier years, I don't, uh, I don't mess with it as anywhere near as much these days, but, uh, yeah, it was something, something, a question that I had in my mind that it needed answered. So <laughs> that's, that's what I, that's why I did that. 
I was just sounds curious. Like, sounds like Ryan wants one. Oh, I want one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it. I don't know that I would ride. I, I got this thing, and this is all. I'm, I'm actually blaming Evan for this because since the last time I've talked to him about, you know, history and nostalgia and all this stuff, I like, I've just been staring at lures that I just want to hang, and like so much so that I'm actually like thinking about just getting rid of all the sports memorabilia I have and just making room for like vintage musky lures. <laughs> it's, I, I'm telling you guys, I have a, I have a real problem over here. I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> I don't like to hang them until after they've caught something. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I get that. I get that, but I don't know. There's just like this struggle in my mind. It's just like this conversational game room piece, you know? Like I don't have any I don't have any mounts. I have like I have like a really shoddy like I have two bucks to my name that are just like shoddy racks. And I don't, I don't have any like awesome conversational pieces for my office. So yeah, no, just I just have to get you get you one a a big fish. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I I I uh I haven't I don't know that I've caught one that's been mount worthy. But honestly, like if it was up to me, I would probably just mount the the thirty six inches. I not mount physically, but get one made a replica. You know, just because I don't. I love them all, man. I'll catch a I'll catch a thirty five and be completely content with it. But maybe someday I'd get to hold one over you know thirty thirty five pounds. That would be nice too. We'll see. Put that on the list for this year. Uh, all right. So, how are we doing on time? Are you guys okay on time? I've only got a couple questions left. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, we'll. we'll uh, I won't hold you guys up much longer. Hopefully, but. One of the questions I had was about Muskie's Inc. You know, I, I've tried to talk Muskie's Inc. in as many videos as I can because, you know, here's another example. Like without Muskie's Inc. Chapter 16, you know, Three Rivers, I don't know that I would be on this call with any of you guys, really. Like, you know, Evan, we, we met at a meeting. You know, Nick, we met through friends, Muskie's Inc. You know, Brian, you know, I, I've seen you at meetings and Actually, one of the one of the things I want to bring up too, we were talking about this before we started. You know, I was when I was messing around with lures and I ended up cutting my finger. You know, was, the first person that reached out to me asking me how my finger was 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 Brian. You sent me a message on Facebook and said, "Hey, how's your hand doing?" And I was like, oh. you know, at that point because I don't know. It just sometimes like when you're new to this stuff, like. You know, I, I think like, again, legend lures, it's like this thing I hear, I'm like all over the country, but you know, you kind of lose sight, you know, Brian, you're a local guy, you're a fisherman, you know, you're in our club and I don't know, it's just, that was really cool to have you reach out and, and, and check on my hand, you know, number one, but without Muskie's Inc., like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have met you guys and I wouldn't have had those types of experiences. So my question is, has Muskie's Inc. impacted you in any way, you know, as far as fishing or bait making? And I know you do a lot for the club as far as raffles and stuff too, you know, with bait. So, I mean, I guess my, the first part of that is how, how has that impacted you? You know, if, if at all. Um, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely helped over the years. Uh, there's, you know, there's guys that catch fish on your, your lures and they're listed. Uh, it's definitely a, a plus. Um, I don't know if 
I don't know if you're aware of it. Uh, I'm <clears throat> I'm one of the uh, one of the founding members of uh, Chapter 16, um, Three Rivers. Uh, there was there. I believe there was four of us, four or five of us at the time. Uh, I think there's three of them gone. There's two of us left yet. Uh, John Traxel. I don't know if anybody knows knows him, but uh, uh, John Johnny Spinda. He's He's gone. Um, there was a Ed Kabansik. He's he's gone, and Chris Totter, one of my the the guy that helped me get into uh, get into muskie fishing. He he passed away a, a couple years ago. So, but uh, yeah, we we kind of got that club started, uh, and actually just by doing a couple of the shows, we just started you know asking guys asking guys if they, you know, there wasn't any club in the area back then. They're, they're the only one that was that was here was the Penn, Ohio, up by, I think, up by Pimatum in Greenville was the only place you could, you'd have to run the whole way up there to go to a meeting. So, um, so we, we, you know, we started asking guys and uh, I, yeah, I served as my, the, the guy that got me into muskie fish and he served as the president the first year and I was the VP. And, and it went from there. I, I mean, it's had its ups and downs over the years, but uh, I, I guess it's, it's still rolling. And yeah, it's, it's, it seems to do a lot of good. Uh, definitely for Pennsylvania, the, I know there's, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of the money that gets raised goes for, uh, or goes for the, uh, the, for stocking uh, or for using to raise the muskies for the, uh, the minnow fund or whatever so yeah that's that's about all i guess i'm, I'm done talking with that no <laughs> i mean that's good stuff yeah. thank you. you started a great club yeah yeah thank so, you i mean it's definitely yeah. been a great you know resource to meet other fishermen and you know network and learn tons from and just from talking with Evan and like Charlie and Ryan, and it's a great organization and really helps improve everybody. Yeah, it's over the, over the years. Uh, I've been in it since then, and I've I've met a lot of people. It's uh, and definitely, you know, you 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 hear guys, you know, talking. Uh, you, you know, you get information. I mean, you're not it's musky fish, and you're not going to get all the information, but you, you know, you, you get, you get your little, you know, little tidbits here and there that add up over time. Yeah. I mean, I think that covered it well, you know, you guys touched on that. Um, yeah. I mean, it just, I, I keep, I keep bringing it up, you know, just because I, I have a chance to, in, in some of these videos and it's just, like I said, I, I wouldn't have learned as much as I did over the last two years, if it wasn't for guys like Evan, you know, reaching out and, and talking and, and fishing with Nick and, you know, talking. And the, these are guys, you know, some of these guys I talk to just about every week now, you know, it's, it, it seems like there's conversational threads and we're just constantly talking fishing and I don't know, it's, it's good stuff. You know, if you can, and I think it's also one of those things that you get out of it, what you put into it too. You know, you can still be a member and not attend meetings 
um and you you get the magazine and the calendar and all that stuff but like if you go to meetings and you actually spend the time to invest in it you're going to get it just as much out you know as you put in so i think that's that's good stuff um, thank you for uh for for bringing that up ryan and you know I, i'll be honest i didn't know you were one of the, the you know the founding uh the, the founding men, so to speak, of, you know, of chapter 16. I, I wish I, uh, you know, I could, I could uh, maybe learn more about the history of the clubs and how things got started. I mean, that's, that's a really cool aspect to this, you know, bring some life to, to how things got started, you know, back then. So my next question for you guys, and we might go around real quick if, if we have time, I've been asking, you know, what is our top tips for new musky anglers? You know, I've got guys that are watching some of my videos that are trying to get into the sport, maybe trying to learn how to do things right. Um, I'm trying to help with these videos, give them at least one tip, you know, to try to cut the learning curve. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll start with Brian on this one. Do you have do you have any advice for the new musky angler or guys that maybe have been, you know, started fishing that are just relatively green? Um, I I guess the the best thing I advice I could give them is to is to try to you know buddy up with someone to, that knows you know that knows that's been fishing for quite a few years to be able to go out with them and you know get a little get a little bit of a a little bit of knowledge start you know starting how to where to go with it. Um, I mean that's how I got started and. And I, that's probably the best way. I mean, I, I think anything you do, if you want to learn how to do it, uh, you got to hang with people that are doing it, that, that know how to do it. And that's, that's probably one of the best things. I don't, and I guess always, always keep a positive attitude. You know, you're out there and I don't think there's, I don't think there's any wrong way to muskie fish. Uh, you know, there's definitely ways you'll catch more fish, but, uh, I mean, uh, like I said, I don't think there's any wrong way. I mean, you, you could be the guy to catch the next world record. It might be the only, the only fish you ever catch in your life, but <laughs> was that the wrong way to fish or, or whatever? But, uh, yeah, yeah. Just a positive attitude and, and definitely surround yourself, surround yourself with people that, uh, have been in the sport and, know what they're doing yeah i think that's that's uh sound advice for sure you know find a mentor uh i i I'm, i love the fact that you said there's no wrong way because you made me feel a lot better <laughs> about myself you know about going out there doing this thing uh i i want to jump over to nick nick do you have any advice i know i've asked you this question i've asked evan this question multiple times now too but give me something new nick I'd say uh, to keep notes when you do go fishing, when you do have success, maybe even when you have failures, you know, uh, that was huge this year, getting dialed in as far as, you know, figuring out where, uh, when we were running those perch baits really deep, you know, running over humps and figuring out where they're diving with uh, line counter numbers and getting dialed in so we could be in the right zone. And Any little note, you know, I like to keep a little log. It's probably got way too much information, but anytime we catch one, I record, you know, moon phase and all that. I doubt it counts or anything, but 
you know, as much information as I can from each fish. And then that's, you know, over time it adds up and gives me a little go by for when to do what and what works when and where and a little confidence boost. I think at, I started, I started doing that last year more and tracking trips, you know, even if I failed miserably and didn't catch or move a fish, which happened to me a lot, it just, I think it does help having that log. And, and I don't know that there is, you know, I don't know that there's such thing as having too much information. I mean, I've been writing down if I, especially if I catch a fish, I'm usually writing down like all the moon, the water temps, all that stuff, you know, what color socks and underwear I had on that day and just about any other marker I can put on there to try to replicate the thing. That's all going to help. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a good tip. I, I, I like that one too. Uh, Evan, I, I've asked you this. This will be, probably be the third time, maybe, I don't know, fourth, third time, I think. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I just say don't be afraid to try something new. You know, it's uh, whether it's a new lure style, trying a new lake, something like that. Um, if you're just starting out, you know, I think I touched on it the last time about, you know, try to find a higher density water or something like that to start in if you're new. But, you know, don't be afraid to try something that's out of the box if you, you know, something that you've never tried before. And you know, I, I think we've all probably have done that and have, have found that, geez, man, you can have success doing something that you're not used to doing. And, and I think that really opens up a lot of other windows for you with musky fishing too. So, you know try some other things there's a lot of good feedback out there from everybody on different lures. you know you can ask you know a question about a lure online and probably find out 25 different people that'll tell you you know 10 different things but you know it's one of the things trying it for yourself and figuring it out on your own is uh, really pays off in the end yeah I, uh, that is also a good one. I think sometimes we, I don't, I don't know the right term is pigeonholed. I, I, don't, I feel like sometimes you kind of get stuck in a routine almost like as a fisherman and you know, it could be for me, I know it happens to me all the time where I'll just go out and run the same. You know, we're not trying anything you know new at times. And I, I, I don't know, I think you do that for a day. You might be surprised, you might get on a, a new pattern or you might learn something new that's going to help you be a better fisherman. I mean, that's all good. Brian, good. Brian touched at the extreme, you know, it's like you're running your regular nine inch perch bait and not having success, but then you figure out, all right, I'll try something different. Maybe they haven't seen it this way or, you know, it's something, a different approach and, and you get, you get success though. No, I, I just, just getting back to what he was talking about logging, logging. I have, I definitely have logged over the years and I can, attest to this that i've there's been many times that i've i've went back to you know back to my notes and logs and it's it definitely helps and there's you know certain waters that you fish you can see correlations of the you know moon phases and all that it's it's definitely a it's definitely a great point to to log everything in water temperature moon phase uh when the every you know water temp all that stuff all right well the the last question i have but if i say i would say somebody wanted to reach out and you know find get get a bait off of you you know what what are the best ways to reach out or maybe just to even see you know some of the stuff and again this is this is more for 
you know, guys that are just getting into the sport, you know, and, and, and relatively new, you know, to, to musky fishing. Otherwise, you know, everybody knows legend lures, <laughs> you know, but where, where can, uh, where can guys find your baits at? Um, I do have, uh, uh, a face legend lures, Facebook page and a lot of the colors. And I think some of the sizes are on there that you can, you can look there and see, uh, you can, you can, uh, there's, there's stores. Um, let me think there's, uh, team Rhino outdoors has some, I don't know how many, I don't know how many lures these guys are sitting on at this time of the year. I know I, I have to make some, some up for some of these stores, uh, Raleigh and Helen's, uh, I'm not sure what they're sitting on. Mark slide bait and tackle. There's a, a couple couple places up in Canada that I sell to the fish JB fishing depot uh, um, uh, trying to think of the Joe flows musky tackle but yeah there's uh, there's and and like I tell guys too is if you can't find what you're looking for you know it might take me a while to do it but I I can I can help you out if that's the last avenue for for getting something that you want you know that i make so all right all right that's cool and I, I will say that i've made a couple trips up to mark's bait and tackle in the last month and a half and i've there's a particular i believe canadian crush color sitting up there in a perch bait it's that orange i think it's canadian crush yep. yeah daddy likes that one i, I don't know why i love that color so much canadian crush i have I would probably buy that in every bait I have. I just love that color, but yeah, that's cool stuff. I, I do get it. I do like going somewhere and be able to look and hold, you know, stuff before I buy it, but that's uh, all right. That's cool. I mean, multiple avenues. I did get one from team Rhino too. So multiple avenues to find legend lures. All right. Do we have anything else guys? We've talked, uh, we're, we've got a good solid, I don't even know, hour and a half plus. I appreciate you guys doing this tonight. You know, Evan, thank you again for jumping on. Nick, thanks for jumping on. Brian, thanks for taking the time to come on and, and talk fishing with us and talk legend. I mean, this was awesome. I, I love stuff like this. You guys did an awesome job. I can't thank you enough. It was great talking with you, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. All right, guys, there it was. You know, an hour and a half discussion with Mr. Brian Boyer and Legend Lures. You know, I just thought that Evan brought so much to the table with some of the questions. We talked musky nostalgia. Um, Nick, you know, his angle from a, a local fisherman and really just hearing some of the stories that Brian brought and talking about these baits. You know, this was again, super special. You know, guys like Brian Boyer, um, I look up to, you know, in the musky community because they've been doing this for a very long time, they've got a wealth of information. And again, Brian was not afraid to share that information with you guys, you know, during the course of the discussion. I have so much respect for local guys, local fishermen here in PA. I just got so much respect for Brian and the way he's handled his business. And, you know, again, a founding father of Chapter 16 here for Muskie's Inc. You know, he's done a lot for the fishery. He's done a lot for the Muskie community. And really, his lures are, in fact, legendary, you know, as we talked about living up to that name of legend lures.
this was just so awesome. You know, I'm super thankful. Um, really just want to take the time to thank Brian, you know, for coming on and talking fishing with a bum like me. You know, thank Evan and Nick again for taking time out of their week to come on and talk musky fishing with Brian and talk legend lures. You know, I can't say enough about you guys. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to do this and really help me just provide information and kind of an interesting listen to those of you that are interested in watching these. So guys, again, thank you for coming on and talking these beautiful legend lures. You know, you guys need, if you don't have these in your spread, you've got to go out to Team Rhino, Mark's Bait and Tackle, Musky Shop, you know, Ping Brian. And it's just, it's again, it was just so cool for me to be able to have this discussion with somebody that's just super humble, super kind, and really just genuine. And uh, one of the founding fathers, again, of our, our club here, and just somebody that's just done so much for the muskie community across the entire country and really just North America. So again, thank you guys, all of you for your support, all of you that have been watching these, sending me messages, giving me positive and negative feedback. I really appreciate you guys. You know, hopefully uh, we're gonna be out there fishing soon. So some of these video casts are gonna kind of slow down. I've just had limited time during the week and I really need to focus and get back to my core YouTube style, which is, you know, me conveying what I've learned to you guys throughout my fishing week um, or month or year. So <clears throat> we're going to get there. You know, I just got to keep grinding and keep putting out content. It's a lot of late nights. It's a lot of work, um, but it's been a lot of fun. So thank you guys very much for everything you do, you know, and, and all of your support watching the channel. If you guys like this video, hit that like button. If you guys like this content overall, subscribe to my channel, leave me a comment. Let me know what I'm doing great. Let me know what I'm doing poorly. Um, you know, just let me know how your fishing's going. You know, I look forward to hearing from you guys as well. So we're gonna be on the water soon. I'm super excited. Potentially go out fishing tomorrow for my first musky boat trip of 2021. We'll see how that goes. Um, we got the lure swap tonight. I'm super pumped about that. Trying to pick up a few more baits, maybe do some trading, talk to guys, learn more about the sport of musky fishing. And again, that's what Muskies Inc. will do for you guys. If you guys make the effort to come out to the meetings, join the clubs, you know, meet guys and really work on becoming a better musky fisherman overall. All right, guys, all that's left to say is tight lines. We will see you in next time. <laughs>